I think we just sang that at all of our campuses, or at least I sure hope so. You are here. Moving in our midst. I worship you. And then, then we sang that lyric, did you catch it? You are here. Catch a visual of this. Mending every heart. I worship you. That was pretty awesome, church. When we worship like that, let me tell you, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He is in this place. He is at all of our campuses. He is God. He is worthy of every bit of song you can sing, every bit of hand you can lift up. He is worthy. And if you're new here and you just kind of got up and you're like, man, I just want to go, go, go play church today and check off church. I love you. You are in the wrong place. <laughs> To play church. We, we, just, we just believe this stuff. And God just really ministered to me in that moment. I hope he ministered to you. Hey, can you just welcome all the campuses at all of our locations? Love you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, I'm going to do something a little crazy here today. If you are in Rooted or you are leading a Rooted group, if you are in Rooted or leading a Rooted group, would you just stand to your feet? You're pioneering. You're leading the way. Look at all this. Wow. You are leading the way at all of our campus locations. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. You may be seated. And here's what's really cool. Their theme this week is the exact theme that I'm about to talk to you about today. It is the exact theme that we are going to go get today. And so what we're talking about today is love my city. Everybody say, love my city. Love my city. So, I so I will pray. Last week was love my city. Love my city. God loves a full house. Loves if you missed it, go online, check it out. Um, but today is love my city. So I will pray. And today, if it's okay with you, I want to ask permission. <laughs> It's so, okay with you, I wanna, I wanna kick the walls out of your mind, if you will, today and get you to ask God to do some big things in your life and in this church. I want us to understand prayer on a whole nother level and I hope that will happen in your faith and I hope God will expand your vision and your horizons of what he wants to do in your life. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it starts with prayer. And prayer is that mysterious, tricky subject that we're gonna go after today, and I'm praying that it won't just be a Sunday deal, I'm praying that the prayer temperature in this church at all of our campuses, over all of our cities, will actually increase. And as our prayer increases, I'm telling you, we have not seen anything yet as to what God might do in and through New Hope Church. And so, Jesus said this, ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Can can I just testify for a moment today? The, new, the contemporary church doesn't do a lot of testifying. I love when, when folks would get up and say, I got a testimony. Y'all remember that? Y'all come from those churches? Now, when that, when that happened, one of two things, <laughs> she said, uh-oh. When, when that happened, one of two things happened. You are on lockdown. You ain't going anywhere for a long time. It's like, go ahead and shoot me now. Right? Or, or it's awesome, right? It's powerful. It's incredible. Can I just testify for a moment? And I hope it's not. I hope you don't think, oh, go and shoot me now. It won't be long. But let me, just, let me just testify for a moment. I have a great wife. 
She's sitting right here. She did not, she did not expect this. She, she does, I don't go over my messages with her. I probably should, but I don't. I have a great wife, but I have a great wife because I asked over and over and over again before we even conceived our first beautiful child, a daughter, Anna Grace, I asked God to send me a great wife. And he did. I have some amazing children. Why don't y'all clap for my wife and not my children? <laughs> it's all right, Kelly kids. It just means we got some work to do. <laughs> we, we got a little work to do. I, I, listen, I got some awesome kids. Not perfect, but I'm talking about some awesome kids. And I believe we have awesome kids because we prayed over and over and over again before we even started having kids. God, give us some awesome kids. I have an amazing, beautifully diverse passionate, multi-ethnic church that I get the awesome privilege of serving week in and week out. Because I prayed before we started this church and I've prayed for 17 years since we started this church that that would be the kind of church we would become. I could go on and on and on, but you get my point. I believe with all of my heart that there are times when we miss out. Let me just make it personal. I miss out on the blessings of God and you miss out on the blessings of God because you have not asked. And if you ask, the Bible says you ask with the wrong motive, God will not hear your prayer. It comes down to prayer, I am certain. There are blessings in your life that you don't have because you have not asked God. I'm intentionally pausing right there to let that hang in the air. And you might think, well, well, I believe God will just give it to me. I don't, I don't have to pray about it. Two things. You could be right. God can do whatever God wants to do. But the second thing you should understand is that James 4.2 says this, and I believe this, James 4.2, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. And so today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you to ask God for more things in your life. I want every single person at all of our campuses to walk out of the building today ready and excited about the possibilities of God answering big, hairy, audacious goals. It's called BHAG, if you're not familiar with that language. BHAG. It's in Jim Collins' book, great book, by the way, Built to Last. BHAG. I want to challenge you today to walk out of here and to, to turn the prayer temperature up in your life and get back to a place. Maybe you were there. It's easy to slip back into complacency, to get back to a place where you start asking God for big, hairy, audacious prayers. John 16, 24, out loud with me. Ready? Go. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. 
Ask and you will receive and your will be complete. Your joy will be complete. And notice, could do a whole message on this, I can't today, but we are to ask in his name. What's his name, church? His name is Jesus. It's the name that is above all names. It's the name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Come on. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior over all. In Acts 4, 31, you read that one so well. Come on, let's read this one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Wouldn't it be awesome? Come on, if this place started shaking. Come on, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be incredible? Everybody repeat after me. Lord, shake us. One more time, like you really want him to do it. Lord, shake us. Man, what if God were to just start shaking this church with his power? Maybe literally, maybe figuratively. So let me give you some BHAGs today. Jumping right in. Here we go. Lord, love my city so I will pray. Lord, add a thousand people to our new hope family. That's a BHAG, church. Lord, add a thousand people to our new hope family. Now, some of you, I know, you know, you, you, you consider yourself a realist. I connect with you sometimes. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, I don't think that's possible, adding a thousand people to a church in one year. And that's maybe what you're thinking. And, 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 and I would dare say, you're right. Looking at it from a human perspective. You are exactly right. How is that for honesty? On Thursday, I send my message and my teaching notes to the, the staff and they create all the slides and they, they, they create this awesome program that you have in front of you. Take that out, grab that pen in front of you, take some notes. Well, I gotta tell you something that on, on Thursday, as I was getting ready to send it to them, I normally send it around 1 p.m. or so, uh, finish it up and I send it to them. When I got ready to send, the, the little cursor started hovering over the send button. And I got a little, I don't know, cowardly. I, I, got, I, I didn't want to send it. <laughs> I didn't want to send it because I'm like, some of those people are going to think I'm crazy. And then I said, you know what? I don't give a flip. I want to believe God for great and awesome things. Come on, church. I want to believe that ours is a God that can blow our minds and shake our buildings. Nehemiah 1.4 says God is a great and awesome God. I'm tired of praying little safe, safe prayers that don't really ask God to do something powerful in our life. And so I sent it. I'm wanting you to join me in asking God to send a 1,000 people to New Hope Church over the course of the next year. We looked at it last week, remember? The great banquet, Luke chapter 14, where, where it's clear that God loves a full house. So if you're a poker player, you aren't the only one who likes a full house. <laughs> God loves a full house. So if God loves a full house and our hearts align with his, don't you think God would want to send us a 1,000 or more? people into the life 
of this church. With man, it is impossible. Look at Matthew 19, 26. Claim this in your own life. Read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Unbelievable. We're in a series titled Love My City. Can I ask you a question? Do you love your city? Do, do you love the city where you are? I, I don't mean do you love to live there. I don't mean that you're comfortable there and you like the traffic patterns. Or, I don't even mean that you like the schools for your kids to go to. Do you love your city? Meaning, do you love the people in your city? Now, come on, moment of, moment of transparency here. If, if I'm honest with you, I'll tell you that if I don't keep praying about these things and if I don't stay in the word and align my heart with God's heart, the, the deal is, just like you, I can, I can grow complacent and my heart can grow a little cold towards people, right? So I'm not preaching at you. I, I'm calling us all back to the things that matter to God. Did you know that the shortest verse in scripture, by the way, you can remember scripture. Some of you are like, I want to memorize scripture. Here's one for you. You ready for it? Jesus wept. It's a scripture verse. Do you know what he wept over? Remember? A city. Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem. He was on his way to the cross. The scriptures are clear that he did not weep because he was going to the cross. No, 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 no. Jesus willingly laid down his life. Jesus wept over the city because there were so many people in the city who did not know him, did not experience the love of almighty God. Luke 19, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he, he wept over the city. I believe God is calling us back to let our hearts break for the things that break the heart of God. Can I get an amen? And here's what breaks the heart of God. Hear me, hear me, hear me. What breaks the heart of God are people in your city, wherever you live, who don't know the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. So I want to call us back. Here's the second one. Here's the second thing. If we're going to pray first, so we should pray first. Here's the second one. Build a redemptive relationship with someone far from God. Build a redemptive relationship with someone far from God. There are pretty much two camps here. Two camps, all right? Two camps of people. You can tell me which one you're in. One camp is the super spiritual person that prays about everything. Have you ever met this person? I mean, they get up in the morning and they're like, Lord, should I have raisin bran? You're, I'm serious. People pray about these things. Should I have raisin bran or Fruit Loops? Answer Fruit Loops to the glory. <laughs> Lord, should I go to Starbucks or should I go to another little coffee shop? If you got two cars, you walk outside and you go, Lord, which car should I drive to work today? They pray about everything. I mean, it's, 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 it's impressive. It's impressive. Then there's another camp of people and their tendency is not to pray about much. 
their tendency is to roll up their sleeves and go to work. You know what I'm saying? If they, if they sense God is calling them to do something, they are going to do it. They have a bias towards action. And they're the kind of person that if they're going to pray, they're praying quickly as they're going to do it. Now, I don't know which camp you fall into, but, but I'm telling you, I've, I've ministered to a lot of people over the years, and I know pe- I'm, I'm brushing with a, with a broad stroke here, and I know people fall in different points of the spectrum, but those are the two camps of people. And what I just want to let you know today is the truth is, it's not an either or, but a both and. In other words, check this out. When it comes to the age-old debate of prayer versus action. The most faithful response is to pray like it all depends on God and act or serve like it all depends on us. And I can't fully explain it. I'm not smart enough to explain it. But there's, there's a delta out there where those two meet where I'm gonna pray like it all depends on God that he would help us love our cities faithfully. I'm gonna pray, pray, pray. I'm calling you to pray, pray, pray. And then I'm gonna work and serve like it all depends on me. And when you get those two things working together, that's where the kingdom of God blows up for good. It's very, very important. Who is in your neighborhood Serious question. Just want to ask you some questions. Who is in your neighborhood or your apartment complex, your workplace, your social life, your extracurricular life, and you just know they don't have, they don't have an active faith life or a church home? Who is it? Who's coming to mind right now? If, if nobody's coming to mind, you definitely need to increase your prayer life so God starts to break your heart for people that are around you. Can I ask you one more question? Who is in your sphere of influence? And when you think about their life, you desire for them to experience the God you know and love. Who, who is that? Can I challenge us to raise our prayer temperature around here? Can I challenge us in our homes and in our workplaces and in our social lives to be praying for the people that we're interacting with? And then can I challenge us to actually build a redemptive relationship with those folks? To go back, if you handed them all out this past week, to go back and get you some more invest and invite cards, keeping them with you. I've been carrying them in my pocket all week, been giving them out to people. Again, I'm encouraging myself just as much as I'm encouraging you. So we pray like it all depends on God, but then we get out and we care for people. Here's the third one. Pray this BHAG with me, if you will, in this next season. Open doors to merge. I'm gonna bring you into the pastoral life for a moment. There's a phenomenon taking place across our country right now. It's an unfortunate phenomenon, but if done right, it can actually be a very exciting thing for the kingdom. There's this phenomenon taking place whereby churches are closing their doors. It's a sad day, is it not? Come on, this, this, this should break our hearts. It's a sad day when a pastor turns off the lights and shuts the door for the last time. Guys, that's a sad day. That's a sad day on earth, but I believe that's a sad day in the kingdom of heaven. I believe tears flow from the heart of heaven when that happens. 
But on the other side, there's this interesting phenomenon taking place in, in, in church world today is that the churches that see God moving miraculously like we have for 17 years, if we're on point, we are able to come in, bless those few people that are there, merge our church with their church, add a campus, and the kingdom of God wins. Amen is right. I mean, come on. If, if tears flow from the heart of heaven when a church closes and, and a Starbucks buys that building or that property or a Circle K or a BP or a strip mall or whatever, God bless the strip mall churches in America. We don't want one of those. Just kidding. Not really, actually. <laughs> We've been there, done that. But, but a phenomenon has happened where, where if you can link up a church like ours with a church that's closing its door, now we're not gonna take every church that comes our way. We've said no to a few over the years. But if it's the right location and the right land and the right debt load, ideally zero, we'll take, do you know that four of our campuses, right now four of our seven campuses, this is how we got them. So I'm inviting you into my world a little bit and I'm inviting you to pray over our cities and for the pastor who wants to throw in the towel, for the church who's about to shut the door for the last time, would you pray that God would divinely connect us? Would you let us know? You, you see things that I don't see. Would you let us know if you know of a building or a church or, or a land or a pastor? We want to come alongside them, man. Bless them. And let God celebrate all that happened in the centuries past in that building. And then let God resurrect something brand new. Come on now. Can, can I get can, Come on. That's, that's good, good stuff. Here's the fourth BHAG that I want to call us to, that we would see a harvest of souls. That we would what, church? See a harvest of souls. I talked about weeping earlier and the fact that Jesus weeps. Um, I'm not a big weeper. Um, I, the older I get, the more I weep. I, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, but, but I'm not a big weeper. So like, like I go to chick flicks with Amy Lynn sometimes, used to. We don't go to many anymore. We need to get back to that. I like to go to chick flicks with Amy Lynn because I like how the night typically ends. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I go to, I go, I, I'll go to chick flicks with Amy Lynn and she'll be crying, man. And I'll be like rolling my eyes like, oh God, really, dude? Or I, I see other people crying and stuff and I'm like, what is your problem? Why are you crying? I'm like, that's, I'm just being honest with you. But, but you get me watching an old school Billy Graham revival on TV and people accept Christ. I just turned into a blubbering crybaby. You get me seeing people accept Christ on, oh, FYI, sorry, but I forgot to tell you. Um, 118 people accepted Jesus Christ last Sunday at New Hope Church. 118 people. Children, students, and adults across the board. Like, I hear about that like Sunday afternoon last week. I was, I was an emotional wreck. You get me seeing people get baptized? Like, in the waters of baptism and life change? I, I become this emotional crybaby. What if we could just increase our prayer passion around here and that we would continue and maybe at a whole nother level see an unbelievable harvest of souls? Wouldn't you want to see that? 
See, I'm not talking about a thousand people coming to our church. I'm just not talking about a thousand people coming to our church. I'm talking about a thousand people coming to our church where lost people are saved. I'm talking about a thousand people coming to our church where marriages that were headed for divorce are now back on solid ground. I'm talking about a thousand people coming to our church where addictions were broken by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a thousand people coming to our church where racial reconciliation continues to be front and center. And we show America that we can actually live together and love one another. But it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. I mentioned baptism. Um, some of you, 118 people got saved, like I said, and, and many of you haven't been baptized or it didn't mean anything to you. Mark your calendar. For Sunday, October 20th, we are going to have a baptism baptism celebration at all of our campuses with the exception of Columbia. Columbia will be the very following week, Sunday, October uh, 27th. But the bap so mark your connect card. Let us know. You can register at newhopechurch.org forward slash baptism. Let us know that you want to get baptized on October 20th. And we'll have them after every worship celebration. So it doesn't matter which celebration you come to. Hey, Matthew 9, 36 through 38. I'm talking about some compassion here and caring for people. Look at what the Bible says. When Jesus saw the crowds... He had what, church? Circle that. Would you circle that in your teaching notes or in your Bible? He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, oh, let this settle in. This is, this is God's word. The harvest is scarce. The harvest is what? Plentiful. But the workers are few. He's talking about the workers that would leave a campus today and go into the harvest. The workers are few. Ask, there it is, pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So the bottom line, and this hasn't changed for 2,000 years. The bottom line is that when Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem and when you look out over our cities, people are hopeless. They're helpless. They're homeless. And God is calling us to care enough to pray for them and then build into a relationship with them and invite them to a New Hope campus where we can offer them Christ and we see life change taking place. I want us to begin hearing stories of incredible life change week in and week out, asking God to do that which we cannot do. Unbelievable. But before we close today, I just want to say something about prayer. And I want to just have an honest moment with you. Some of you have already been thinking about this today. Not only does prayer change the people that we're praying for, this is important. You know why we really need to pray? Because prayer changes us. And we need to be changed. Not that we're bad, we're not. We're busy. We're busy trying to pay bills, man. Get kids to school, work, make a living. Try to experience and enjoy this thing called life. I get it. I'm with you. I'm right here with you. 
But we pray not just so that the harvest is plentiful. We actually pray so that our hearts get back tender for the things that God's heart cares about. Because some of you have sat here today and you've thought, dang, I've stopped caring for people. Lisa Turkhorst is a, is a great author and speaker in our country. Lisa actually said this, the reality is my prayers don't change God, but I'm convinced prayer changes who? Me. Praying boldly, I love this next phrase, boots me out of that stale place of religious habit into authentic connection. Isn't that good? With God himself, that's good. I'm calling us to pray so that God could change us. Yes, so that he can make them ready for us to invite and we can see this harvest. But prayer is more about God changing me and getting me ready to seize the opportunities that he throws my way. And I don't want you and I don't want me and church, hear me. I can get there just like you can. I don't want us to be in that stale place of just doing life without keeping the main thing the main thing. I, I, I don't want us to just get in the habit of playing church and not remembering that he has blessed us Amen? But, but listen, he's blessed us to be a blessing. He's blessed us and enabled us to have all of these campuses and Garner and Sanford and Wake Forest and Hillsboro and Durham and Columbia and Kenya. And I'm sorry if I forgot one. <laughs> but he's blessed us to be a blessing. To live on mission. To keep our hearts tender and caring about the things that God's heart cares for. So let me just give you, in closing, two quick points of application. Here's how we do this. I've got you. Will you keep the bulletin in front of you? I've seen so many of you take notes today. Will you keep the bulletin in front of you and will you, will you pray those things that we just went over? Will you please join me in praying those things daily? Let's just pray for them daily, okay? But here's two points of application. Take a prayer walk. Take a prayer walk. Number one, it's great and godly. Number two, it's exercise. And if I might say so, we Americans can use more exercise. I would have thought I'd have got a little amen right there. Some of you are like, dang, I do. Now, 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 now you're meddling, pastor. Now you're meddling. Can you get back to prayer, right? <laughs> Take a prayer walk. Walk through your neighborhoods, wherever you live, your apartment complex, your trailer park, your neighborhood, it doesn't matter. Walk through it, get you some exercise, and pray over your neighbors. I do this all the time. I'm normally jogging. But I love to, I do prayer runs. I love to, to pray and run. 
It's powerful because here's what happens. You'll start to see things you've never seen before. You'll start to pray things you've never prayed before. You'll start to care for your neighbors like you've never cared for them before. So maybe, maybe daily if you're up for it or at least three times a week. What if the movement at all of our campuses, can you just imagine this? Could you imagine how, how God might shake this movement? If thousands and thousands of people would just get out and, and walk or run and pray over their neighbors. Number two, find or make a prayer stand. Find or make a prayer stand. And some of you might not understand that language. I might need to explain it. I'm from South Carolina, and I am a, I am a hunter. And when you deer hunt, you get up in a deer stand. And so you, 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 a stand allows you to elevate yourself. What, what I'm talking about is getting to a place where you can see your city. Now, I realize with this many campuses, some cities are, hill, are hillier than others. I get it. But if you're in a flat area, you can still find a place to elevate yourself so that you can see the city. If you go to the Mount of Olives, this is what Jesus encountered. He comes to the Mount of Olives. He looks down. He sees where he's going to die on the cross. And he sees the entire city. And he weeps for them. What if you just strategically tried to get yourself in places where you can see large masses of people? I saw it yesterday. I wasn't elevated, but I was in Keenan Stadium. Tar Heel Nation, you about shocked the nation. You about shocked the nation. And I was there, and you'd be proud of me. I didn't put on one of those shirts, you know, Tar Heel born and bred till I'm dead. I didn't do that. I didn't put on a shirt, yay, yay, Tar Heels. But I did wear a shirt in honor of my daughter. And you should be proud of me. I think they might throw it up there for you. <laughs> now they cut, they've cut it off. Ah, darn it. Uh, down here it says, U, it says um, UNC dad, UNC dad. But you see, I'm like, I, I guess I'm doing this. And I just got to take a moment. I know this won't apply to the other campuses because you won't be able to see her, but they won't be able to see her here because I'm not going to have her stand. But um, my daughter is here. But what's really cool is um, my niece is here from South Carolina. She is a senior at Clemson University, and she came to be here this weekend. And if you meet her anytime, you'll just meet Anna Grace's. It seems like they're twins. They're beautiful, two beautiful, godly seniors in college. And so they got to experience that yesterday. And we almost got to send Catherine Kelly back to Clemson with an L. But we didn't. But a few times yesterday in the game, this, I, just, I just stopped and I just looked at all the people. And I said, God, would you, would you let me really and truly care for these people? Just a slither of what you care for them. To, to get up to a place. I, I, I've, I've been known to go up into hotel elevators and go up to the top floor just to come out of the elevator where I can look over a city and pray for the city. I wonder, I wonder how your heart might be softened 
and my heart would be softened. If we, from time to time, got ourselves in a position where we could see the city. It's one of the reasons I like to fly. I remember so vividly, well, I'll end with this, 18 years ago, I was flying from Kentucky where I was in school and uh, I flew in for a fundraiser. We were getting ready to start this church 17 years ago. And I, I flew in and we, we, we came down uh, out of Lexington, Kentucky into RDU and we got to that place you ever get to where they're about to land and then they have to wait because the, the airport's not ready for you and they start circling. And I'll never forget it because we just started circling this area and I happened to have a window seat and it was cool because it was nighttime. And so I, I, I sat there and I just looked out of the window and I'll never forget it. Like I started weeping on the plane. I started weeping as we just circled this whole triangle area of central North Carolina and I could see all the lights representing all the cars going up and down the highway and I could see all the lights representing all the homes and I literally wept at the thought of starting this church and us actually reaching people for Jesus. Lord, get us back to that. Lord, get us back to caring like that where our hearts break for the neighbor who lives beside us or for the person down the road or for the person that jogs by our house or walks by our house or for all the people we see at the gym when we go or for the people that we work with or for when we're riding down the road. I talked about doing a prayer walk earlier. What if we just started praying in our cars over people? Let's love our cities, wherever we are located. And if we will pray, and if we will seek the harvest, and if we'll do these points of application, I'm just crazy enough to believe. What Ephesians 3 clearly teaches us, 20 and 21, a powerful, powerful benediction verse, if you will, where the Bible says, now to him, to him who is able to what? Do we immeasurably more. You want to read it? Good, good. Let's go. Ready? Go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To who? To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What do you say? It's time to get back to prayer. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for, for wrecking us when we need to be wrecked. God, thank you for just what you've been doing in my heart over the last four, five, six months, God, just really breaking it again and showing me how complacent, how easy it is to, to grow cold and hard-hearted. And Father, I pray more than anything that new hope will be known for our hearts, for our hearts that care for people, God, for our lives that will do anything short of sin to get them to the church. The scriptures just say, to you be glory forever and ever in the church and in Christ Jesus. God, may we do anything short of sin to get your people, your people in our cities. They're your children, God. 
They don't have to be in our church to be your children. You've created them all. Regardless of where they live, regardless of skin color, regardless of socioeconomic level, regardless of their political affiliation, they're your kids. And they're our brothers and sisters, so help us care enough to pray. And then help us care enough to get them to your church. We all together, oh God, the church community together at all of our campus locations, we pray together, declaring and saying that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We pray it all in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said together, amen. Love you, church.